dairy. Um, question. Have you ever been a single person living with a couple? Well, I guess my parents, does that count? Bitch, that does not count. <laughs> I was single, they were married. Okay, so, um, okay. No. All right, no. so that's, yeah, no. Hey guys, welcome to the eighth episode of Hey Beautiful. Hi. Hey girl. You came back. <laughs> <laughs> Whoever's out there, you did it. Thank Yay. you. Tell Miranda. your tell your friends. Yeah, Miranda, big ups. Oh my God, guys, we have a fan that's not our mother. It's really awesome. Or other required listener. Yeah, her name is Miranda, and she sent us a legendary moment for a season two episode. So, she's the coolest. We have, yeah, we have a a fan who gave us a legendary moment for an upcoming episode that is going to happen soon. Sooner. Sooner than season six, so. Yeah. Um, And in that vein, I'm Kate. I'm Caitlin. And yeah, this is Hey Beautiful. We are recapping every episode of How I Met Your Mother, one at a time. And you can subscribe to us on iTunes and SoundCloud. And you can also follow us on Twitter and also Facebook at Hey Beautiful Pod. And you can be like Miranda and send us a legendary moment. Uh, that is your favorite moment from any upcoming episode. And you can send it to our email address, heybeautifulpodcast at gmail.com. And what is next week's episode, Caitlin? It is belly full of turkey. <gasps> yes. So excited. Excellent episode. It's a really great episode. Yeah. So if you have a legendary moment you'd like us to read aloud on the podcast, uh, you can email us, heybeautifulpodcast at gmail.com, or you can tweet it to us. Either way, we'll see it. Could they send us like a voice memo? So it's almost like a call-in. Yeah, dude. If you guys want to send voice memos, that's totally on the table. Awesome. Go for it. Like a real podcast. Hell yeah. With a real following. <laughs> Look at us with the big heads. Someday. We got one fan. So I know, right? We're like, we're super major. Let's get into the duel. Okay, so this is season one, episode eight, The Duel. It originally aired on November 14th, 2005. So we're about a month behind, a month and 12 years. It's fine. <laughs> it's a big deal. Yeah. The director is, as always, our girl, Pamela Fryman. And this week we have another lady writer Yay! it's gloria calderon kellett i hope i'm saying her name right so that's so. exciting yeah she actually uh appears as an actor in an upcoming episode mm-hmm. it's actually my birthday episode my what? month and day oh cool yeah. so yeah. look that- for her is like the stupidest way to think about it, but I did. Um, yeah, so look out for her. And she's done a bunch of stuff. Uh, Devious Maids. I bet you like that one, don't you? I've never watched it. You think I would? No. So judgy of my... Okay, Spirit of Christmas. Oh, all right. All right. <laughs> uh, mixology, iZombie. One Day at a Time. One Day at a Time is an excellent update to the is original it? TV show. It's really, really good. It's she about... produced those. Yeah. And written she, for them. Was she in that, too? I don't think she was, but... Um, yeah, One Day at a Time is on Netflix, and it's a really good update to the original One Day at a Time. This one is around a Cuban-American family. Oh. And so Rita Moreno's in it, and I freaking love her. <gasps> yeah, dude. Oh. Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah, so you gotta watch people. it. Oh, wait, what is it on Netflix? It's Netflix, yeah, it's really okay. good. There's cool. one season out so far, so you should check it out, everybody. Love it. Um, oh, and Gloria also wrote <clears throat> an upcoming episode that Caitlin and I are going oh. to be battling about. Didn't she? Yep. Oh, she did. There's yes. a, uh, you know, this episode today, The Duel, is all about fights. Or about, about fights, big fights between best friends. And I was trying to think of anything that you and I have fought about. And I think the one thing that we consistently fight about is a character named Victoria. No spoilers. We're not going to say... Yeah, we're not going to say anything more about that. Just uh, get ready for Drumroll, please. Written by Gloria Calderon Kellett. Because um, we're ready to battle. Episode 13, if you are counting Ooh, down. Ooh, five more. 
Um, but yeah, have we ever fought about anything else? Um, maybe if I had to share you. <laughs> That's true. I'd be very passive aggressive. That's true. Yeah, yeah. That's that, true. I never liked. I don't know. I remember there was one summer. There was one summer where you like dunked me underwater and like held my head underwater. Is that cool? <laughs> Wait. And I was like, is she mad at me? Or no, someday? I shouldn't do that. My sister used to do it to me all the time. I guess I thought that's what you do if you really like somebody. I thought this was love. Like we're like sisters. <laughs> Let's drown you. Oh my god. Uh, are you sure? Maybe it wasn't like we weren't playing like witch trials. We could have been playing Witch Trials. That's very true. Thank you. That did always get out of hand. <laughs> All right, so. Oh, but wait. Uh, last week, we uh, lied oh, about our legendary moment. We so lied. Ugh, we were wrong. Both of us wrong. Both of us said our favorite moment, our legendary moment of um, the Matchmaker episode was Robin realizing the cockamouse was real. But Which was great. Great. It was great. Excellent moment. Very necessary to the story. Fabulous payoff. But both of us texted each other laughing when we rewatched and heard Barney say, it's pronounced Pacage. So yeah. we'd like to retroactively change our, our vote yes, for a legendary moment last week. And um, this is our podcast, and we make the rules. We so do what we want. Yeah, we do what we want. Robin gets an honorary mention. Yes. Okay. Scene one, the duel. We start off uh, in the year 2030. Future Ted's talking to his kids and about all these millions and billions of buildings in Manhattan and how they're all special and filled with so many memories. But there's just one apartment, um, even though it's been decades, like it's still always going to be his. And there's so many great memories there, you know, Marshall playing video games, Lily on the fire escape, and then Ted using this old coffee maker named Shockey, which my name always annoyed me. Yeah. Like, it's when, like, a little kid is trying to be funny and name something Bob. Like, it's just... Okay. Or, like, everything in Pee-wee, Pee-wee's Playhouse that just ends with the Y. Like, the oh, chair yeah. is named Cherry. Oh, yeah. And the clock is clocky. Yeah. Yeah, true. Very true. I hate that. <laughs> Shocky. It's not cute or funny. Anyway, so it's, like, this super old coffee maker, and it would flicker, and the lights would flicker, and shock you a little bit but ted loved it all mm-hmm. right down to the two tacky swords hanging on the wall but he never wanted anything to change and i can definitely relate to that because i hate changing i hate change <laughs> i despise it i find comfort in knowing what's happening and familiarity yeah. uh but yeah. you know like like future ted says that's not how life works unfortunately yeah shit has to change that's the right. one constant, you know? I know, I know. The next scene, we see everyone but Barney hanging out in the apartment. And, um, well, first it's just Ted and Marshall. And then Robin and Lily come in with their arms full of these big paper bags. Um, and apparently they were at Lily's apartment in Queens. And Ted's kids are confused. They break in um, to the scene and are like, what? I thought Lily lived with you guys. And... The audience is confused because there's been no mention of, like, some other apartment so far. And even Robin's confused. So then Lily explains, yep, I keep this apartment. It's, it's like, an independence thing. But I haven't been there in three months. And so... Like, she has a lot of clothes, I'm sure. There had to have been, like... I know. Changes, I like... know. Three months. Yeah. Like, the boys live in an unusually large New York City apartment, but, like, closet space they don't have a lot of it where are your clothes lily true story i guess it's one of those things where like you stay away and the longer you stay away the weirder it is to go back it's like oh what am i gonna have to deal with if i do like what if something's gone wrong in the apartment you know so (laughs) classic new york city within three months of her not being there her apartment is completely gone, and it is now a Chinese restaurant. Madame Chu's House of Dumplings. Madame Chu's House of Dumplings. Um, and so I guess she had, like, a ground floor apartment in Queens, which I thought was really interesting. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, so her dresser is still there, right where she left it, which is so creepy. And her nail polish is on the floor, and she opens her closet, and it's just all, like, restaurant supplies. It's like a 
like a living nightmare, you know, like, you don't yeah. imagine walking into your space and seeing all these people eating dinner and like using your stuff. So that was really crazy. And then the waitress comes out and she recognizes Lily <laughs> from her homecoming picture. She's like, you're much prettier in person. And this is the first time that we hear about Lily's bangs. Oh, <laughs> oh God. Have we seen any shots of her yet? No, With not the bangs? Yet. Okay. No. I've been jumping around. We will. Around. Dear listener, there will be, we will. There will be plenty of bangs to talk about. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, she's like, yeah, the bangs were a mistake. No shit, They Lily. always are. They always are. I have a pact with my friend, Jeanette, that anytime I want to cut bangs or she wants to chop off her hair, we'll text each other. And <laughs> we know, of like, I'm, I'm thinking about it or I'm going to get my hair cut tomorrow. We have to talk them off the ledge. Like, do not cut bangs do not cut your hair because it's always a mistake have you had bangs yeah off and on yeah like Hmm. not in a long time true bangs like almost 10 years but bangs man they're just yeah you have curly hair yeah curly people cannot do bangs some people try it but yeah it's not it's not not great typically a good look yeah no or easy to maintain no not at all i mean we have to acknowledge the fact that it's kind of problematic that the first person of color we see on the show is in a Chinese restaurant as a waiter. Yeah, with a um, stereotypical accent. Yeah. But I did look into it, and she is does really have an accent. She's from Japan. So so she's not Chinese. She's Japanese. Her name is Miki Mia. And she also played the waxing lady in 40-Year-Old Virgin. Nice. I remember loving her in that because she was, like, yeah. evil about it a little bit. Yeah. She's like, stop yeah. being a pussy. And then she'd, like hold it up and like show it to him and laugh and they cast her because she was an actress but she was also a waxer an esthetician yeah she um helped her aunt yeah she helped her aunt run a a waxing salon in japan that's amazing yeah so i thought that was pretty cool um i love it yeah so mickey mia look look out for her she's got some funny stuff out there so all her stuff is apparently in the back, and Mickey says, you want it to go? We can wrap it up for you, which I thought was cute. Yeah, very cute and kind. Yeah, right? We'll wrap it up for you. No yeah. problem. We wrap shit all day. <laughs> um, Lily's completely outraged. She's, like, screaming at this woman, like, this is my apartment. Like, she cannot yeah. comprehend it. No. How do you comprehend that? And the waitress is just like, not anymore, bitch. Sorry about it. Uh-huh. And then we've cut back to Ted and Marshall, and they don't believe it. They're like, I mean, there must have been some kind of a notice. Um, and then you cut to all the notices. It's like, yeah. here's all your mail, minus the magazines, which is so cute. Um, but I guess they'd sent a notice three months ago. Um, and then Lily starts saying, like, I don't have a lease, but talk to my landlady. Like, she's great. She's 98, but she's really with it. And then she's like, oh, my God, she died. And the waitress delivers. Never even saw the bus. Perfectly. <laughs> Just love it. Her delivery throughout this whole scene was awesome. It's perfect, yeah. Um, so Lily doesn't know where she's gonna, what she's going to do. They're back at the apartment. She's just feeling obviously overwhelmed and dejected by this. And Ted jumps in with, come live with us. Immediately. Immediately. Like, not a hesitation. Yeah. Just like, that's the obvious choice. Like, duh, live here. Yeah, and he's like, it's, you know, you basically live with us anyway. Um, and I wrote down that this is the first time we see Hero Ted, yeah. which Robin refers to at a later episode yeah. about Ted wanting to do the right thing and, like, jumping forward and saying yes and doing it and then having all of these regrets afterward. Right. Because it was really more about looking like the good guy than it was what you actually wanted. Right. Um, and so he says, it's not like it'll change anything. Smash we, cut to the bar. Yeah. <laughs> Barney's telling Ted, no, it will change everything. And that he's totally screwed. And there's some girl checking out Barney. And Robin mentions it, but Barney kind of just brushes it off and asks Ted if they figured out who's going to get the apartment after Lily and Marshall get married. And Robin's like, oh, duh, of course. Of course I've talked about it. Like, how have you not talked about that? <laughs> right. So we cut back to the apartment sometime in the more recent past, and uh, Marshall and Ted are playing video games, talking about who's going to get the apartment, and Ted very wisely suggests that future Marshall and future Ted will know what to do. Um, (laughs) And I did this to my husband a couple of days ago, 
Hell yeah. No. No, do it now. I was like, this is a problem for future Caitlin. She'll know what to do. She'll know. Versus, like, no. <laughs> See, no. I, I often find out that I've done something that I wasn't sure that I did, and then I'm, like, so happy with past Kate. Yeah, maybe I organized something or I put something um, where I know I'll find it. Like, there are little things where I'm just like, good job, past Kate. That works for you. So Proud I'll of you. So I'll take something and I'll say, I'm going to put this right here because... It makes sense because this is related to that. So clearly, it's the most obvious place to put this item. No way I will ever forget it. I put it down, and it's like it goes into a black <laughs> abyss. Like, there's just nothing. I don't know where. So past Caitlin know. is not your friend. No, she's always fucking stuck up. <laughs> always. Always fucking it up. Making everything harder. Um, and... Yeah, Barney explains to Ted that he's getting edged out and to keep his eyes open because little things are going to start to change and kind of plants this seed in Ted's head that, you know. And so Robin then is like, all right, seriously, what's this girl's deal? Because she's just been noticed, not really paying attention to the boys, just kind of noticing this uh, this woman that keeps staring at Barney and yeah. like making faces. And Barney like waving like, at him. Like, yeah, oh. like waving, like, hey, yeah. hey. So weird. It's really strange. And then Barney explains he's actually on a date, which is just awkward. Mm-hmm. And um, tells Ted to call him, you know, from the hospital, which is, you know, just one of Barney's schemes to get yeah. out of a bad date. And so he's online dating. So I'm thinking. Yep. His his run in with love solutions did not deter him from from <laughs> trying to open up a new door. Yeah, open up a new door for him. But at the same time, he hadn't thought about the fact that the girl on the other end was going to actually want the things that he put on his profile. Mm-hmm. So he says that it's bumming him out. But really to me that means he feels bad. Like he feels a little bit bad about leading her on because he could lead them on. Nail him yeah. and never call him again. But he's stopping this date before it gets to that point, you know? So it's like a little bit of his conscience coming through, which is nice to see. And I wrote, he has a soul. So we'll see. We'll see how long that lasts. But yeah, and he was like, he's, she's bumming. It's bumming me out. I'm like, you feel bad. Yeah. Because you could lie to this girl all night and bang her and then just never talk to her again. But she's too genuine for you to do that to. So. Yeah. And he's. Like, little at bit least of somewhat of a decent person. It's in there somewhere. Yeah. Small little nugget of, of good. So um, Robin takes the phone from Ted and starts saying some mildly sexy stuff to Barney on the phone to try and get him to break character. Mm-hmm. But he won't. He's just like making these ridiculous <laughs> claims like, oh, God, why did he think he could build his own <laughs> helicopter? So good. And it reminded me of the, did you hear about that flat earther who tried to build his own rocket? No. Yeah, to prove, you know, what is that hap- the earth is flat. Why are we why are we questioning it was a bit things? Delayed and then I just kind of lost interest, but So you were following this story? I, like not really closely. <laughs> <laughs> Enough to have this Caitlin, are you a fucking flat earther? Oh my god, no, but it fascinates <laughs> me. Like have you seen Jesus Camp? Oh yeah, that's terrifying. Like right? God, that know. camp's like, closed now, you... right? Oh, shit. I just almost killed myself with my microphone. Sorry, everybody. <laughs> no, but, like, how do you believe that? I guess, how do I believe that the Earth is not flat? It's called but science? But... Right, we have actual proof. Um, facts. But we're not going to get into religion on this podcast. <laughs> Sorry, guys. Sorry, Miranda. Yeah, our one fan. Um but Robin, before she starts, like, talking to Barney and trying to get him to break, she says that the fake phone call is, like, the lamest cop-out ever, yeah. which is important for later. Yeah. That she, you know, this is, it starts this um, ball rolling about using phone calls to get out of dates. And right. I also have to say, Robin's boobs are, like, out this entire episode. Have you noticed that? Like, she's wearing Henleys yeah. the whole time, and it's always, like, five they buttons down. Yeah. So they're trying, trying a little something different yeah, with their wardrobe. Always under the blazer, though. Yeah, yeah. You can show as no. much cleavage as you want as long as you got a blazer over the top of it. So she's professional. Yeah, professional. She's a working woman in charge of her sexuality and but, independent. But not a working girl.
Not a working girl. Robin says to Ted, so when, you know, serious stuff comes up, your response is just to avoid it. And that's when Ted's like, oh, I should really make this call. Just kind of really proving that point. And we find out about that later, too, in the series. Oh, yeah. We Buckeyes just push it on down. Yeah. Yep. Uh, <laughs> I see. I see myself in Ted in that aspect. <laughs> yeah. I see you in that, too. Fuck feelings. Yeah. <laughs> So yeah, Robin says, break me off a piece of that white chocolate. <laughs> so oh, gross. It's so, it's so bad. And then um, we get to see another little bit of the goat voice from Barney yeah. as he's leaving. It's like, hey, I can't even, I can't even do it. I can't do it either. And he like runs out and but like, he's like making this, the goat voice and like crying and like, oh my God. And he, as he goes by the table with Ted and Robin, he's like, see ya. And he's like, put it on my check and like, but making that like noise. The goat voice. The whole way out, yeah. So good. So, so good. So, uh, the next day, back at the apartment, Ted is clearly overcompensating, trying to be okay with the new arrangements. So Marshall's doing his homework at the, at the kitchen table and Willie's painting and he's sitting on the couch. He's like, this is really good, right? This is great. This is like the best thing ever. Trying, trying to convince himself, even though Barney's already gotten into his head. Yeah. Um, he has a sip of his coffee. He loves it. Says it's great. Realizes it's too great. Uh-oh. Couldn't be from Shocky. Runs in and sees Shocky in the trash can. Where now, it belongs. Where it belongs. Yes. And I guess on one level, I'm like, why would Lily just throw it out without asking him? But she's been his friend as long as she's been with Marshall. So like, right. She's just like, oh, upgrade. We all hated yeah. that thing, right? Um, then I said, let the passive aggression begin. Because oh. Ted starts defending this disgusting coffee machine that electrocutes you and makes rusty tasting coffee just to avoid saying what he really feels and fears about this entire thing. Um, it's an obvious upgrade, but, you know, he's worried that this is one of those little changes that Barney was talking about. Right. And he also, I think he has a little bit of the, I like old stuff because it's cool. You know? Like, this is mine, so I have to stick with it forever. Sounds like Ted. Um, Yeah, so bad. Um, So Marshall's like, you're being ridiculous. The coffee's good, and it doesn't shock us. And, you know, coffee wakes you up just like an electrocution in the morning. So, (laughs) And it's very clear that the sides have been drawn, you know. Lily and Marshall agreeing and laughing about it because it's no big deal, and Ted just being completely paranoid. And Barney's so good at doing that. He is. At just he like is. taking, like just digging down into your fears and just blowing it up for his own amusement. So yeah, absolutely, totally. <sighs> at the bar and mm-hmm. you know, Lily's or Robin is like, yeah, she got you a new, a nice new coffee maker. That's awful because obviously that's a great thing. Like you said, it's an upgrade. Yeah, not necessarily a bad thing. And then we go back to the apartment and Lily's. Uh, finished with her painting and Marshall wants to hang it up because he's so proud and they suggest putting it over the piano but that's where the swords are Mm -hmm. and Ted just like totally shoots her down and Lily looked like really upset yeah she's kind of like oh okay like she wants it to feel like her space too yeah now would you have suggested hanging up one of your paintings where something was already on the wall no probably not I don't think I would have done it and like Lily would have known that those swords meant something to them. Yeah. So I, I don't know. That felt that felt more like Lily the girlfriend than Lily their friend. Yeah. It's like at the beginning of this episode, or maybe just Ted's like seeing her in that way. Mm-hmm. But she's like doing things that normally she would talk to him about. Yeah. Um, yeah. I also really want a Lily Aldrin painting. <laughs> like I remember right. when the show ended, I was like, oh my god, are they like? auctioning those off or giving them away or anything but i don't gonna make a poster right something i would love one i like the one with like the the power lines yeah that one's a really cool one um we'll see those later on why is she a kindergarten teacher not at least an art teacher um you take the job you can get i don't know two different certifications well I think she was an artist on the side, but maybe she went for education just to have, like, a job. Maybe she, she you know what I mean? like, an art teacher, like, in an elementary school. 
Yeah, but pff, the art programs are fucked, so she's True. probably doing something um, reasonable with her with her degree. Yeah, so. like te- teaching in a kindergarten class with only like six kids. Yeah, you know, it's normal. <laughs> they probably have plenty of time to do art. Yeah, and you know, I was thinking, um, this reminded me of when I first started dating Chris. He was living with his friend at the time, <clears throat> and his the friend's girlfriend ended up moving in and she was and is one of my very best friends and Chris actually was very good friends with her too so it's kind of like a similar situation and I remember her wanting to make the apartment feel like it was her house too you know yeah. it wasn't just like she lived there with the boys like it was also her space right and so I could like feel for for Lily there yeah it makes sense because you want to, like, wherever you're living, you want to feel like it's yours. You want to have a piece of it that's comforting and home. Totally. Absolutely. Yeah, so Ted starts fighting to keep the swords up in his very passive-aggressive way. And uh, Robin suggests some healthy communication. And Barney suggests a counter-strike and says that he <laughs> should do something big. <sighs> All about the passive-aggressive retaliation. Yeah. Great. Barney has a date login, and then he decides that what everyone needs in the world of dating is a lemon law. And, you know, if in five minutes, you know, there's no connection, you end the date. No hard feelings, just good night, thanks for playing, playing, see you never. I, you know, it's not... It's, it's not a bad idea. Um, what I said about this is it's a great idea, and it would work if... Um, society hasn't set up men to feel entitled to things that they like, things and people. Mm. Like for women, a guy could say, like, you've been lemon lawed, and we'd be like, oh, okay. I'm assuming straight girls would do that too. You know, just like, wow, that sucks, but whatever, you don't like me, okay. so why would I want to pursue you? Right. Um, but imagine a, a straight guy who's been raised in this society where, you know, most things in media, including Ted Mosby, are telling you that if you like something enough, you deserve it, right? Mm-hmm. I feel like the Lemon Law wouldn't work in that direction. Yeah, women would probably get murdered. Yeah. Like, you've been <laughs> Lemon Law. Imagine, like, just he would feel humiliated. Yeah, how dare you? You know? Um, maybe in, like, 20 years when, when things have progressed a little bit more, the Lemon Law will be useful in both directions. Um, have you been on a date where you wish there had been a Lemon Law? Because oh I God. have. Yes. Oh, God. Ugh. What's the worst one? Um, <laughs> I went out on a date with this guy. Um, he wasn't from this country. He had like, a thick accent, which was part of the appeal. Mm. I loved listening to him talk. And yeah. So I, he had suggested like we go out, and we ended up going to Fred's, the little seaside. Delicious delicious food uh and we went to go see a movie mm-hmm. and we went to dinner first and i was telling him that i typically would get um a, a long dog so like a foot long hot dog yeah french fries that was really good and like this was good and that was good so just like kind of naming things that i had had mm-hmm. as you know like recommendations like as you do something never been there before so he gets up and orders clam strips like dinner and the long dog dinner and I'm like damn he must be hungry like holy shit that's a lot of food so I look at him and then I order my long dog and like pay for mine uh, it turned out he ordered for me oh Caitlin and I was too embarrassed so I ate two foot long <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah and so then dear listeners we- I just had to turn fully away from the microphone <laughs> so I didn't scream and hoot in your faces because that is peak Caitlin yeah so I ate two feet oh I just wanted dogs. another one you ass I felt terrible <laughs> and embarrassed and he was probably horrified so then we go to the, the Americans parade. are so fat. <laughs> yeah, basically. Every stereotype, I just like, yup, checked off all those oh boxes. So let me go to the movie. He falls asleep. What? Yeah. Oh, falls man. Asleep, you were just like, riveting him, huh? Yeah. Uh, quietly snoring. 
Oh and my then, god, this yeah. is bad. This might be worse than mine. Yeah, so then he brings me home and he like leans in for a kiss and I like shove my hand in like real close and like shake his hand. Caitlin! It was so bad. It was so I bad. I can't believe he still wanted to kiss you at the end of that. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Wow. The bad one I have was one that taught me a lot of lessons about online dating. Um lessons like make sure you know how old someone is before you go out with them oh. Oh, shit. lessons like talk on the phone before you go out with somebody oh, fuck. so you know that they're you know of of your same speed um <clears throat> in a lot of different ways oh, God. so i talked to this person this girl this woman online for you know a couple weeks just back and forth shitty chat she was really interested so I was like all right and she seemed kind of funny and dorky and um seemed to have a good sense of humor like about herself and about life like pretty like pretty well spoken like written right so the morning of the date (laughs) One of my friends at work, I told them I was going out on a date, and they asked me, oh, how old is she? I had no idea, because I had never bothered to check. She was 45 years old. (laughs) I was 28 at the time. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. 29 tops. Um, No, it must have been 28. And... No. Yeah, dude. So we get there. And, I mean, I immediately, I immediately know that I need the Lennon You're Law. Like, oh. She's much older. Um, she just, uh, we just, it wasn't there. I'm not going to assume that she had some... Um, Baggage? Some, no, some, like, neuroatypicalness. Okay, sure. Yeah, yeah there, was, there was something... Um, picking up what you're putting down. But yeah, there was something going on um, at one point. During dinner, she said, I think a lot about fabric. And then just kind of, like, zoned out and then started stroking the wall next to her. And I was just like, oh, okay. Yeah, I was like, I'm just going to enjoy this. Like, enjoy the dinner, you know, and just get out of here, like, as fast as I fucking can. And I could see, I could see the wait, like, the hostess and my waiter, like, whispering to each other and watching us because they must have known it was a first date i mean everyone knows oh, it's a first knows. date right you that. shake hands you sit down you say all kinds of weird shit to each other right but that one i was just like as soon as we like got into sit down to dinner i was like well this is not a date <laughs> i'm just gonna have a nice dinner say nice to meet you and go home so i think you win but whew, that one was pretty That's, awkward that hurts that hurts yeah, it was it was just awkward. We were just not, we were not firing on the same cylinders. So, wherever she is, I hope she's found someone who also thinks about fabric a lot. I do. See. No. Let me let me let me find her for you. You guys can be buddies. She made Laura Ashley dresses. Stop it. Yeah. I think she was wearing one. Anyway. Like she designed for them. No, girl, like, she bought the patterns and made her own dresses. Like, full 90s, like, floor length, floral, floral, the buttons. Lace collars. Yes, girl, yes. Oh, I love Laura. (sighs) Yeah, it was, like, it was, like, kitschy and hipstery when I thought she was, like, in her 20s. (laughs) Yeah, no, she's just old and outdated. Yeah, like, she was, like, she was around when Laura Ashley first started. So, anyway... Just know, listeners, that everyone goes on terrible dates. And the Lemon yeah, Law would be cool. Bad dates make good stories. That's what I always said. Bad dates do make good stories. And the Lemon Law would be cool if dudes were cool. I think I could work with lesbians. Yeah. We might cry too much and talk too much, though. <laughs> so Barney goes over and sits down. And this girl has this obnoxious, loud voice. And, and accent. <laughs> and accent, yeah. It's just, ooh, like Fran Drescher. Yeah. And yeah. Barney explains that she's about to be part of history. <laughs> and, you know, basically just 
gives her the lowdown about the lemon law, and she walks out all angry, and he's yelling after her to tell her friends. And I love the look that he gives Robin and Ted when he hears her voice. He's like, yes. Yes. It's time. I can't even believe my luck. Yeah. Couldn't have planned it better. God. So then we're back in the apartment, and Lily and Marshall are in the kitchen making sandwiches. The real kind. Lily, the real kind. Yeah, Lily's jacket. Oof. The jacket, yeah. Whatever it is, it's like a shirt. I had something similar in like... With the puffed, like pointy sleeves, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's some sort of like a, a blazer light. And it actually had like bell sleeves too. Like the pointy oh, shoulder girl. and a bell sleeve. Yeah. Oh, girl. It was... Yeah, that's very like Allison Hannigan in Buffy, I would think. Yeah. Like, because her evil Willow outfit is like pointy sleeve and bell, pointy yeah. shoulder and bell sleeve. Bell, but, yeah. Um, yeah. Um, so apparently, Ted's been super weird and has been labeling all his food now, <clears throat> including the cheese. Including the cheese, um, all because Lily got them a coffee maker that doesn't kill them from the inside out. Um, Marshall completely in denial. He's positive that it has nothing to do with Lily. He's just being weird. You know, he's not sure what's going on, but when he's ready to come and talk to me, he will. And Lily calls bullshit. Because she knows Ted. She knows Ted. I mean, she's been there for for 10 years too. You know, like she must have seen so many times where they should have just talked to each other and didn't. Mm -hmm. And we also see this happen later. The fact that the two of them don't, no, the other one's mad, but they're both mad at each other. Yep. Yeah. So they're both known oh, yeah, for their yeah. passive aggression. It's real bad. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so Lily's like, he's not going to talk to you. He's going to let it fester until he does something big and passive aggressive. And cue the knock at the door, and a gigantic <laughs> wooden crate has been delivered for Ted Mosby. <laughs> Cut to black, and we come back, and Marshall is waiting for Ted when he gets home, just like sitting on the couch twiddling his thumbs, waiting for him to walk in. The first thing I thought was, Ted, if you could afford this gigantic English phone booth, you could have ordered a new coffee pot online and saved yourself Mm -hmm. this entire conversation like a year ago. Of course, Ted acts like he loves this thing. Like why he did did not need it at all. Um, He acts like he loves it just to piss Marshall off. And then... Marshall passive aggressively volleys back by bringing up Lily and saying, I don't know how Lily's going to feel about it. And so mm-hmm. he clearly knows at this point, it's confirmed that Ted has an issue with Lily living in the house or living in the apartment. So Marshall starts lawyering and um, Ted's like, yeah, I mean, I really like it and I live here, so I'm going to leave it right here. And then Ted, I mean, then uh, Marshall pulls the lawyer move and says, oh, yeah, we all live here, so we should all have things the way we want them. Ted's like, yeah. And I wrote, it's a trap, Ted. Yeah. <laughs> so Marshall goes over to the wall and takes down the swords and hangs up the throws painting. Throws them right on the floor. Just throws them on the floor like they're yesterday's garbage. Mm-hmm. And I love this when Ted says, oh, it's like that. And Marshall walks over, bring, bring. Oh, hello, governor. It's like that, isn't it? Yeah. Cheerio. It's like that. I love it. And it all just kind of comes to the yeah. surface. Finally, they say what they've been thinking. I want the apartment when you get married or when I get married. Boys, boys, boys. <sighs> Raise your boys to have uh, skills to talk about their emotions. Mm-hmm. All right. So then we're back at the bar. Yeah, and we see a woman telling Barney that he's a jerk, and he says, no, I'm a visionary. <laughs> it's the lemon law. It's going to be a thing. And he is just looking like such a proud papa. Like, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes, this is the best idea I've ever had. And Robin's kind of uh, upset. She's, you know, it, it takes longer than five minutes to get to know somebody, and you could be missing out on something great. Mm-hmm. So Barney is like, all right, you know, see that guy over there and points out kind of like a, stereotypical nerd yeah uh who is his name is kevin he's played by martin star uh he (laughs) on freaks and geeks and uh silicon valley uh also a new girl um a small role in this is the end yes which is a great movie yep you got you uh 
suggested that one to me. Hilarious. Oh my god, so good. Uh, yeah, in he was in Knocked Up, Adventureland, one of the Spider-Man movies, but he looks like a stereotypical nerd. Like he kind of has that open mouth posture, mm-hmm. like uh, poor posture, the really thick magnified lenses, yeah. and but actually, like the picture I looked up of him, he like. He's pretty cute. He's on some commercials now, too. I don't remember what it's for, but he has, like, long hair. Oh, yeah. Yeah. No. I was like, oh, all right, all right. Um, So he points out Kevin to Robin and uh, says, you think it'll take more than five minutes to figure out that it's not going to work. And Robin is very optimistic and says that he could be uh, her soulmate. And so Barney is just (laughs) loving this. He's like, oh, and you could just see, like, the gears turning in his head. And so he uh, plays Have You Met Ted with Robin and introduces Robin to Kevin. Yeah, see, Barney knows exactly what he's doing. Like, with Ted, he plays on the insecurity. And Robin, he just totally manipulated her stubbornness, you know, because she yeah. was not going to back down. She couldn't back down no. after, after saying all that. At any point, Robin could have said, yeah, I could tell that I wouldn't want to date him. But she had to stick by her guns. And she's as stubborn as Barney is, so... I love that they're hanging out. They always have good scenes together. Yeah. I enjoy yeah. them together. Ah, so back at the apartment with no choice left, Ted finally decides that now is the time to figure out who will get the apartment. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's clear neither of them want to have this convo still, even though they've already exploded about it. And they say they're going to flip a coin for it, and they're bickering about the flip and everything. And, you know, it's a hard combo to have about Ted being out on yeah. the street for one or one of them being out on the street. But, it's you know, it's really about stuff changing, like the big mm-hmm. stuff changing. And Ted admits that later on. And it's a tough talk to have with each other, with your best friend, you know, when they've been together for so long. Mm-hmm. So then all of a sudden they're not flipping. Um, he's, like, about to flip the coin, but then he starts saying his side of the argument. How right. he didn't, you know, Marshall, you didn't want to move in here anyway because it's bad for your allergies. Yeah, and you can now get, you know, medicine over the counter. Yeah. And he just kind of, like, shoots down every argument yep. that Ted tries to raise. Yeah, and then, you know, um, yeah, Marshall says, we need two rooms more than you do because, you know, Lily might get pregnant because we're not that careful with our birth control, which I love. <laughs> um, yeah. And I also, it was poignant when um, Ted said, you know, that room would go unused if you guys were here and... Marshall's like, oh, what would you do? Get another roommate like Barney? And he was clearly so hurt at the idea of yeah. of Ted having anyone else as a roommate. I mean, mm-hmm. Barney is just kind of like extra gross. But like anybody sort of filling that space that he's filled in Ted's life for so long, even though he's starting a new life with Lily. It's like he right. wants to get married and also still be Ted's roommate forever. So Ted runs past him for the sword. And he says, at least Barney wouldn't take down the swords. We were bros. He's represented our brohood or broship or whatever he calls it. Now you got your fiance in here, like trying to mess stuff up. It's like she's not just his fiance. Like she's been right. one of your best friends forever too, you know. But suddenly this issue has sort of split them into Marshall, and Lily, and me, which is like the thing he worried about in the pilot, right? Right. And so Marshall picks up the sword, the other sword. And now Ted says that he deserves the apartment for whatever reason and slaps at Marshall's sword and then Marshall slaps his back. And they're still acting like they're going to flip the coin with these swords in their hands. Even, you know, now that they've stated their cases, they're still going to flip a coin and see what happens, even though they both think they deserve it more. And cue the full-on duel. And they're, like, you know, going back and forth and, you know... I'm wondering, is this a fight to the death? And then that's what they say. And we should figure it out. This is kind of awesome. And they're just like totally loving this. Well, also, it's still kind of almost like a passive aggressive fight. Like they're really upset. Oh, hell yeah. They're kind of working it yeah. out, but under the guise of like, but this is also just sort of awesome. Yeah. And I, um, I said that, or I wrote that down. It's kind of like an okay, awesome where they're in the cab and they're like yelling. Over, over their deafness about all these, like, intense yeah. in, inner feelings and fears. You know, it's a way to, for them to get their, get it out and also make it lighter and funnier than the, than the serious conversations would be. So, mm-hmm. 
it's good for them, and it's good. it was good writing on that part. Yeah, so then we cut to Robin, and now she is on the fastest date ever at, at dinner. Mm-hmm. Uh, at, like, an alien-themed restaurant. Bless his little nerdy heart. Bless, bless, bless his little heart, yes. So, uh... Robin's looking at the menu, and she's like, oh, it's good to know the future has ribs, and he immediately doesn't recognize that she's being sarcastic and making a joke, and he says the food in the future will probably be in <sighs> Just awkward. Just really awkward. And so Robin then gets a call from Barney to remind her that she is running out of time. Mm-hmm. The final seconds of the lemon law. Yep. He's like, four minutes, 57, 58, you know, and uh, trying to get her to say it, and Robin's like, no, no, I'm not doing it. And Kevin kind of looks upset and is like, let me guess, you have to go to the hospital. And Robin's like, no, I have nowhere to be. And this guy then mistakes her for a prostitute. And <laughs> this is not the last time that that will happen to Robin. Yeah. Oh, Robin. Robin and the nerds, they don't, they don't go well together. And I love her. I was like, I don't have a lot of money. <laughs> yeah. He's so cute. I know. Um, back at the apartment, both bros have lost all their layers and are just in their T-shirts. I think they each had like three layers on going into this duel. Yeah. Um, and they've forgotten the argument for a second and are just caught up in the choreography of the fight. Like, okay, do that spin move again and then I'll, I'll chop at your ankles and, and you'll jump over them. You'll jump over the sword. I'll swipe under your yeah, legs. Yeah, swipe under your legs. That's what it was. They're really excited about that. You yeah. know, and then they get back to fighting and also expressing themselves. Um, you know, Ted's talking about how alone he'll be when they get married and move away, which is really sad. You know, and, you know, Marshall basically says he's fed up with Ted's pity party about not being married and how it's his own fault. Yep, he's irrationally picky. And anhedonic. Great word, Good word. from our law student, Marshall. Um, and it basically means that you can't enjoy anything except a badass sword fight. So then Marshall jumps up on the table with a battle cry of Kia and apologizes for taking down the swords. And they're like, oh, remember when I first got these swords? And we get this flashback to them on their first day in the apartment. And Ted's hanging up the swords and Marshall is putting together a table. <coughs> Possibly from Ikea, I'm guessing. As we get another Ikea reference later. Um, Mm -hmm. And this is, again, like, okay, awesome, where we get this important piece of the story from the past about the screw in the table, like the, the, like, crown surgery that Marshall had had in his mouth right before the action happens in the present day. Um, And then we flash back to the present, and Lily walks in, Marshall turns, falls off the table, sword first. And this is the second time that Lily's gotten wounded by her fiance first the black yeah. eye the first day they got um that they were fianced and now a stab wound and it also continues the series of jokes of people being injured just off camera it's happened to lily now it'll happen in the future too yeah we just ted looks horrified we hear lily scream that's all you can yeah get to see. and you'll see that again later so then we cut back to the restaurant and Robin's on the phone <laughs> and she looks horrified. Oh my God, Kevin, I'm so sorry. I have to go. My friend was stabbed with a sword. Crazy and accident. Like said, you said before. Yes. Yeah, crazy accident. Now she has to rush off to the hospital and he says, have sloshy coots. Coots. And everyone gasps and looks <laughs> and turns around. And he says, it's a Klingon insult. You have no and honor. That she has no <laughs> honor, yeah. And uh, and she's like, no, 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 no. Like, that's not it. And trying to explain that her friend really did get stabbed. And even though it sounds ridiculous, I'm like, I made a lie. It's not true. Yeah. And he's like, if you felt this way, you should have just been up front. With and a lemon law. Robin, with a lemon law, right. You know, no big deal. And Robin tries to explain it was a real call and then just eventually gives up and just walks out. It's like, you're just digging a hole. Yeah, just never mind. Just, just digging the hole. Doesn't matter. Yeah. Yep. Um, so then we cut to the hospital where Ted and Marshall are in the waiting room. And Marshall's feeling terrible that he stabbed his fiance. Um, and Ted decides, given everything that 
Marshall and Lily should have the apartment after all of this. And I love when Marshall says, but you fought so bravely for it. Yes. <laughs> he like lives in a different world. I it's know. so amazing. I want to be I there. I know. And so Ted admits that he wasn't fighting for the apartment. He was fighting for everything to stay the way it was, you know, mm-hmm. when they first started out before everything got adulty and complicated. And, you know, I can relate to that. I mean, when you grow apart from friends in any way, like it's this sad. happened a lot in college. Like you just, you grow out of people and you grow in different directions and then you know, both of you get angry at each other for thinking the other one changed, and it's like you're both changing. That's part of You know, life. it's part of life. Yeah. And just just know that if anyone out there is in college, that you might you might grow apart from your college friends, but it's nothing you did, it's nothing they did. You're just yeah. both growing and in into your own people. Yeah, in college I feel like sometimes you're friends with people maybe you wouldn't have been because out of like necessity. And proximity, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so it's okay. I mean, I used to have like huge fights with people that I was friends with just because they lived in my freshman dorm, you know? And then it's like, you changed so much. It's like, we both are supposed to be changing, you know? And when you come to that realization, it's a lot easier. So yeah, so Barney arrives at the hospital, goes right into talking about his latest escapade, um, flashes back to his latest date, He makes this disgusting comment to a girl named Jackie. Within the first five minutes of the date, he makes a gross comment about Jackie O. Um, And she lemon laws him. So it's boomeranged around the city and come back to McLaren's in time to lemon law his ass. Doesn't even explain it, too. She's just like, yeah, I'm sorry. I'm going to have to lemon law you. So good. And walks out. And, you know, this is just another example of, I feel like Barney is just such an amateur in season one. You know, like his stuff gets not as polished. Yeah, his stuff gets so much more elaborate, and he becomes more believable and um, less crass. You know, like he's still like saying stuff up front that like you see later on when he gets the yips. You know, like he says that just creepy stuff up front. Um, Yeah. So he yeah he his game gets a lot better over the seasons. On the blog post, there's a. There's like it looks like a like a business card, so it's something you could print out, and it would be double sided. And on one side it says, "I'm sorry, but this date is over." It has a smiling <laughs> in accordance with the lemon law, and then directs you to his blog. And on the back it says, um, you know, there's like some disclaimers that it can be invoked at any point during the initial five minutes, and then parentheses three hundred seconds <laughs> of a first date, and just goes through some like guidelines such as that. it's nice to have a business card for that yeah i love it and i love in the unlikely event of a simultaneous invocation parties shall enact one high five with neither party officially assuming credit for the lemon law issuance it's pretty funny i love that could you post a link or a picture of the lemon law yeah card? i'll post i'll post the lemon law card for everyone to see on twitter that's awesome um so then lily calls in the knights of the poorly constructed round table (laughs) into her hospital room um and she's just can't even believe that they were having a sword fight in the apartment and they both bashfully apologize like two little kids um and lily just has some really good lines at this point she says, I have to tell my kindergartners that my fiancé ran me through with a frickin' broadsword. So I just love how she delivered that. Yeah. Um, and also, please don't tell your kindergartners that. They don't need yeah. to know that. Just wear a sweater. Oh, there's no... Yeah. You have... You got... Yeah. And then Marshall's like, well, it didn't go all the way through. And then she says, I'm sorry, is this a discussion to which the degree that you speak? I me? love it so much. Oh, it's so good. Because really, like, what is this? Yeah, like, like uh, what are you explaining to me right now? Yeah, mansplaining. Yeah, full mansplain, Marshall. <laughs> um, and then Marshall tells Lily some great news that he won the apartment. And then... And Ted immediately... Uh, you didn't win. I gave it to you. They have this like passive aggressive back and forth, and Marshall Underwood's breath is like, "Well, if I tried my hardest, <laughs> it's so good." It's really. Um, but at no point during this entire kerfuffle of twenty minutes has have Marshall or Ted asked Lily what she wants to do. Of 
Right. So, holy shit, no one asked the girl what she wanted, and she doesn't want the apartment. No, it's a boy So there was no need for any of this fighting at all. It's a boy apartment, smells like dude, and she wants to start a new place with her new life with her with her husband. Right. And they all get sad for a second, you know, thinking about this happening, and Lily's like, yeah, that's not for, like, another year. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and, you know. They decide future Marshall. Yeah, future Marshall will deal with it, and it's just... They feel the coming of the end of an era, which right. doesn't always happen. You don't always get that, like, advance notice that something's going to end. Right. So you can kind of decide, like, all right, this is going to end, so we need to work a little harder Yeah. to maintain, like, a close relationship. Definitely. They all recognized that it was important to them. Yeah. Past, past Ted, past Lily, and past Marshall do, go, do good work in this scene. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, Lily's like, I don't know if it's the blood mm-hmm. loss or or what, but she's starving. And so they end up going to a restaurant, but not just any restaurant, Lily's Chinese mm-hmm. restaurant. And so they're all sitting around the table and um, they decide to toast with glasses that are Lily's from Ikea. Yep. And, you know, she gives this little speech about how life is full of, cha- of changes. And, you know, that's just how life is, but the important stuff doesn't change. Yeah. And uh, I really like that. I thought that was a great line. And uh, Barney makes some really obnoxious <clears throat> toast and then does a self-clink. Much like the self five, only with an Ikea glass. Yeah, much like the self five. <laughs> yep, with the Ikea glass. And uh, somebody remarks on the, the the song that's playing, and it's Chumbawamba. Top thumping! Uh, isn't there another reference in another episode about, like, what oh yeah, because I think Marshall like loves the whole CD. Yeah. He's like, oh, which one? Yeah, yeah. And I found out that uh, "Tub Thumping," the song we hear yeah. here, came out in '97. So happy 20 years, "Tub Thumping." Ooh. How old do you feel so right old. now? Woof. So old. Bad. Oh, yeah. And so Marshall and Lily are like. Or Lily says to Marshall, uh, you know, I'm pretty sure this is the mixtape you made me sophomore year. And then without a beat, you hear Marshall's voice and like a voiceover. I love, Le- I love you, Lily. Happy Valentine's Day. So sweet. And I lost it. I love that little part. But like a Valentine's Day mixed CD with tub thumping. Hey, man, it was the song of a, a song of the era. I guess. I never really liked it. I remember dancing to it at the middle school dance. Oh. Pissing the night away. You know what I mean? Perfect yeah, song for 12-year-olds yeah. to dance to. That and next. God. Or too close. Oh, God. It's all about boners on the dance floor. Boners. I could Dude. not. When I realized what that song was about. And my dad loved that song, and I think it was just because it had such a groove to it, you know? Like, just that, yeah, just that yeah. solid, like, R&B groove, right? Yeah. And I just remember, like, feel a little poke coming through, and I was like, oh, no. I never told him that that was what it was about. I think that was a, the right yeah, choice. No. All right, so what did you think of this episode, Caitlin? I love it. It's, it's so sad, though. I know. You know, it's about, like, growing up and difficult choices and changes in your friendships and and the dynamic of the group it's always really hard but they the characters really care about each other so you can tell that they're um, committed to and it's nice because we know we still they still have so much time together but it's so sad to think about it I know yeah I liked it because we finally got to see um that trio friendship challenged a little bit like up until now we've just kind of taken for granted that they're best friends and they do everything together and it's always going to be that way and so it was nice to see them like hit a bump and deal with it and you know come out the other side stronger um and we get to see robin and barney hanging out more because they do i like their back and yeah you know like we saw it a little bit last episode with them being skeptical about the cockamouse but now they're, like, fully growing out with no one else around, like, just hanging at the bar together. Like, Barney's going on dates, and she's just, like, watching him do this. You know? 
they're like friends. Yeah. It's cool. I, I really like their dynamic. Me too. So, another excellent episode in the can. Yeah. And, you know, like, it's a first season. You know, there's a lot of stuff to work out, but I think that they had a pretty strong start. Yeah. There's a lot to work out, and there's a lot to tell us about these people, and I think they're yeah. doing it in an interesting way. Yeah. You know? That, like, like keep, wants you, makes you want to keep watching. Hell yeah. Definitely. All right, what's your legendary moment? Mine is Lily screaming, is this a discussion of the degree to which you stabbed me? That's got to be mine. That was just so good. Uh, She's so over their bullshit. Yeah, I love it. I like the whole Lemon Law thing. But I really like at the end, my favorite part was when Lily says, life is full of changes, but the important stuff doesn't change. Yeah. But sometimes it does, and that's okay. But I just thought that was, you know... Her way of like saying she was committed to the group and yeah you know all everyone staying together and I thought that was yeah and even if they move apart great. they're still connected and yeah ugh another good one though so great <laughs> all right so that's it episode eight is done thanks for listening everybody we post new recaps every Thursday and next week we will be posting belly full of turkey so be sure to subscribe on iTunes or SoundCloud so you don't miss an episode. And if you want to send us a legendary moment from Belly Full of Turkey or any other upcoming episode that you love, just email us at heybeautifulpodcast at gmail.com or send us your legendary moment on Twitter or Facebook at heybeautifulpod. We hope you'll come back next episode. Because it's going to be legend. Wait for it. This has been Hey Beautiful with your hosts, Kate Gorton and Caitlin Turner. Our intro-outro music is by Owl All. That was some real NPR shit. Eat a dick, Roy Moore!